Shepard was asking for it for three. Well, he felt it, didn't he? He was begging. Oh, what a play by Matt Mitchell. To Watson, sees a lane, takes it underneath. Montana three. This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. Uh, my name is Trone. We are doing quite possibly the biggest crossover of the century, move over Avengers Endgame. Um, at the very least, it's the biggest crossover of the weekend. Uh, I am joined by Austin, as per somewhat usual, and I am also joined by SD Sports Fiend over from Sons of Montezuma. Fiend, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for inviting me over here. I really have wanted to get together with you guys to do something like this for a while. And now, you know, I've been a big supporter of uh, Aztec Breakdown, pretty much a day one supporter. So love the work that you guys do. And I'm really excited about this preview. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I that support is reciprocated, I think. Absolutely. I know. I know. I was hoping Mateo would be able to make it because I don't think I've ever thanked him in person. My banner on Twitter was something Mateo did years ago, like five years ago or something like that. Um, and so, so definitely the support is, is reciprocated. Glad to have you on. This will be a two-part episode. So we're going to split the show into two halves. We're going to do the first half here at Aztec Breakdown, and then you can find the second half over at Sons of Montezuma. Um, so with that, let's let's get into the, the show here. We're going to be looking at the the competition in the Mountain West for San Diego State. And I think what I'd like to do, guys, is is give each team, you know, an average of like five minutes a team so that we don't run too long. Um, but we're just going to go through the teams alphabetically until until we get to about halfway. And then we'll switch it over to Sons of Montezuma and you, call, you all can, can find the second half of the show there where we will also go over uh, the order we think the teams will finish in, right? And, and player of the year picks and all conference teams. Stuff like that. So let's let's jump in, guys. Um, first team on the docket is Air Force. Fiend, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Any thoughts on Air Force? Um, you know, I, I'm not really high on this Air Force team. Yeah. I think they took a big hit when Jake Hydebreeder took his talents to Clemson in the offseason. Air Force is one of those teams that, you know, can't afford any people to transfer out of their program. Uh, they, they are not a, able to get people in. They don't have mm-hmm. any NIL. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think that the whole NIL situation and, and, and with transfers, one-time transfers, it really hurts basketball for an Air Force program more than football, just because with football, you can kind of diversify the losses because there's so many people on a roster. Whereas in basketball, you know, you can really change the fortunes of a team with one or two, maybe three guys. And having a guy like Hybrider, you know, all conference last year, 15 points per game, 40 points or 40% from three, that's a huge loss. You know, and then you look at a couple of the other guys who have, uh, you know, that moved on, Carter Murphy, probably the, the one of the best names in college basketball last year, Camden Vander Schwag. Um, great name. Uh, you know, you're, you're, that's another 14 points per game. So I, I just, I, 
I, I have my concerns about this Air Force team. I think they're, um, I, I think Joe Scott's a really good coach. Um, he, he's, you know, he's been there before. He's had success at Air Force. It's just they don't really have the athletes and they don't really have a ton of depth. Um, so that that's what concerns me. Petritus is going to be probably their best player. Um, Ethan Taylor, Bo Becker, they're, you know, solid. Uh, they'll they'll be solid contributors, and then Corbin Green, if he's hell healthy, um, he's a he's a load to deal with inside. It kind of reminds me of like a poor man's Kashad Johnson. So I, and then Lucas Mormon, he was out in twenty twenty two, twenty three, six ten. So they'll give him some size inside. I just don't think they have the horses, guys. So I, I'm just really not that. You know, my my outlook is not good for Air Force. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would tend to agree. I mean, I think what makes Air Force football special is you can recruit to what they want to do. And it's so weird and different and so misdirection-y that it, that it works. I mean, look what happened to the Aztecs in football. And because it's 11 guys on the side, you can plug and play a little bit more. But you, Fiend, I think you're spot on in the sense that like in basketball, it just doesn't work like that. Like you need talent, you need physicality. It's only five on five on both sides. There's only so many backdoor plays you can really run until the athleticism gets back to you. Um, it's it's too bad because they've they've had some good runs. I mean, they've it's not like they haven't won the Mountain West before. It's not like they haven't had solid programs, but the fact that you can transfer out but can't transfer in, I mean, that's how much of a backbreaker is that when when one guy can, can swing a team, as we've seen. I mean, look at, you know, what Jalen House, you know, did in New Mexico and there's all sorts of transfers coming in again this year, but all you can do is leak out, but not bring anything in. That's just, that's just such a killer for, for a 12 man squad. Yeah, definitely. I, right. As Petritus was the one name that I wanted to bring up for sure. He last year looked very good. He's still with the program. Um, his player impact plus minus last year was, I think above four, which is not easy to do. So he was a good player, but yeah, they don't have the top end talent. They don't have the depth. They lost a lot of guys not looking too good. It is always hard to play them because of their style of play, right? That they, they it's, it's hard to play them in football because the triple option, it's hard to play them in basketball because the Princeton offense is just different. And it's, it's something that you're only going to play against when you play them. So you have to throw out your entire practice strategy or, or your, your normal schemes and everything. But uh, at a certain point, the talent is what it is and it's, it's hard to make up for that. So I think we're all in agreement, not the best outlook for them. Yeah. I think, I think they were better last year. I mean, if they got hybrider, they'd be, they'd be obviously much better this year. Um, I don't think they're going to be like they were in the past, like, you know, two, 250 um Kempom. I think they'll probably be in the 100 somewhere but probably near the bottom of the Mountain West so uh I, that's just I, my I should have led Torvik has them projected right now barttorvik.com at 154 and a conference record of 6 and 12 How, what what do you, do you think that it sounds kind of like the ranking is spot on for you fiend what about the record yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they'll have a chance to pull some upsets because I think there's a couple other teams there towards the bottom that they could, they could pick off mm-hmm. maybe or, or that are going to be very competitive, especially at home um, at elevation. So that's another factor is having to play them at elevation. So, yeah, I think I, – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they get, they get six wins, um, but that probably would be the max. 
I mean, that's that seems that seems spot on because they're going to get the lower tier of the Mountain West at home. They'll be they'll win those games and then probably not win a game on the road because the Mountain West. I mean, maybe if they maybe they could pick off one at San Jose State on the road, but you know, you're looking at going. What are the how many road games they have? Ten or eleven? Like one and eleven on the road, two and ten on the road. So six wins is probably right at the spot. You know, if one one more, one less, but it won't be won't won't be anything to write home about. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking six wins in conference seems a little high to me. It it kind of like you said, fiend. It's probably the max. Like, could they do it? Sure, but that that does seem to be a bit much. It's just about who falls asleep, right? Does New Mexico yeah. fall asleep on one where their defense isn't any good, right? And then they, you know, they they rack up a bunch of backdoor cuts and kick out threes. Yep. You know, who who's just going to fall asleep on defense when they go to Colorado Springs? That's that's the one they're going to pick off. Moving on. Boise State, Bart Torvik has them projected at 64th nationally with a conference record of 10 and 8, which usually would be good enough to finish. Pretty much always you're going to finish top five in the in the league if you have a 10 and 8 record, if not even better occasionally. Austin, we'll start with you this time. Boise State, what do you think? I love Boise this year for what they're doing. I, I like their coach. I think Dagan Hart is an all mountain West player. I think he's, you know, he's going to lead the way there. Ogbo was really good. They added Roddy Anderson, the third from UCSD. I think he was either the big West player of the year or big West freshman of the year. He was um, one, you know, something on the long, on the lines of that. Um, he was the big West freshman of the year. Now I think against the Aztecs, Anderson's going to struggle because he had a 46.7 true shooting percentage. So anybody that's like a small guy coming from a way lower group of five league, like that's just somebody that's going to struggle against the Aztecs. But in the rest of the mountain West, when the attention is going to be so heavy on Degenhart, there's a guy that can definitely put the ball through the basket. And then, you know, Max Rice is still around, um, you know, all the people that, that we've known over the last couple of years. I mean, other than uh, Marcus Shaver, who is just the buzzer beater King, you know, mm-hmm. they, they return a lot of their guys. And I think, I think Boise is definitely the most formidable Aztec or the most formidable opponent the Aztecs will face in the Mountain West this year. I, I yeah, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, there's there's a couple that I'm kind of flip flopping like them and and another team between who's like second and third in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you know just having that that core returning. You know, with, with, with Max Rice, Dagenhart, and Ogbo, I mean, Rice and Ogbo can both shoot 40% from deep. Um, you know, you lose Shaver, but I'll tell you what, Roddy Anderson looks a lot like Shaver. I don't know if he has that clutch gene. We'll see. Um, but he, he does he does remind me a lot of Shaver. And I really like the transfers that um, that – Leon Rice brought in I, this Omar Stanley is he looks like a stud six eight two forty. I mean he's going to be a beast inside to contend with, and then you add in Cam Martin, who was a transfer from Kansas, highly rated yep. recruit. I mean I think their front line is going to be better than last year. I think it'll be comparable to what they had the year before when they won the Mountain West, and so um, they're going to be a, a really really tough team. I love this Andrew Meadow also. He looks like the Kurt Rambis clone with those <laughs> with those glasses. He was a guy that we were recruiting. I was hoping we yep. would get him, um, but he eventually, um, you know, selected Boise State. But, I, I, yeah, I, I'm really high on, on Boise. I think they'd be a very physical team. 
My only concern is just the lack of sort of quickness. I don't think they have like really quick guards. Um, Roddy Anderson might be the only one. And so uh, that, that might be a difficult matchup for them in you know, certain circumstances, but um, and it kind of looks like Aztec like teams of yore, right? Just like it's going to be a slugfest when you play Boise State. Like it's yeah. they have, they're just going to pound it. You know, they're not going to score a lot. They're going to play great defense, and they're going to be super well coached. I mean, that's that's you know, they could be they could be the 2017 Aztecs, basically. I used to fade Leon Rice all the time at the end of the season because he would underachieve in the tournament, you know. But I mean, he seems to be last couple of years like really starting to get momentum. He's using the transfer portal wisely, and and he is a good player, coach, and he's a good developer of talent. So uh, kudos to him. I think he's got a great. I love their non-con schedule. I don't know if you guys got a chance it's, to it's look good. at that, but it's I mean, they it, got it's really solid. Clemson. Yeah. They got Clemson, Virginia Tech, St. Mary's, Washington State. And I think they can also play Iowa State or VCU as one of the winner loser matchups. And then they also have USF to start their their Division One schedule, who is always frisky. They they always have the potential to be real frisky. My, Jordan, what do you think about Boise? My favorite thing about Boise, just a, I, I pretty much agree with everything you guys are saying. It's it's probably the most talented team Leon Rice has ever had. I I, I dare say my my favorite thing is fiend you brought him up Cam Martin out of Kansas. Didn't do much at Kansas, mostly rode the bench all year. Um, on Boise's international tour, I think he averaged like 12 points and seven rebounds a game, I thought I saw somewhere. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. And the reason I like him is because last year they were playing Degenhart at center a lot. And Degenhart's a strong dude, but he's only 6'7", right? That can that can wear down on you. And it it took him, I thought, out of the places where he could be most effective. And bringing in a guy like Cam Martin should help him play center a lot less and put him in in roles that he can exceed in. And Degenhart, I honestly think, is one of the best players in the conference and has been for the last couple of years. Um, so putting him in spots where he can excel is is huge. And Cam Martin, I think, will give them the opportunity to do that. Yeah, Colorado State. Colorado State. They are uh currently projected to be 66th in Torvik and their record is projected to be 10 and 8. Fiend, I think you mentioned Torvik doesn't have their fully updated roster yet so that might change things, but just just based off of what it has, 66 once again 10 and 8, that's probably a top 5 finish in Torvik Fiend. What are you thinking? I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people are high on Colorado State. I, I'm really not as as high as maybe some other people project. I I I think the loss of James Moore's is a big is big for them. Um not having that interior presence. I don't know who they're going to replace him with. I mean, obviously, you know, you bring back Stevens, Cartier, Lake. I mean, those are all I mean Stevens is one of the, if not the best guard, no offense, Lamont Butler, um, in the Mountain West. Patrick Cartier, you know, was a great contributor for their team. Um, and then you got some great transfers, you know, good size on the perimeter with Neat Clifford and Javante Johnson. Um, but losing that interior presence, I think this is going to be a perimeter shooting team. They're going to spread you out. They can hit threes, but they're going to have to win in a lot of shootouts because I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to be Charmin soft 
in the interior. The one, the one guy who could be a difference maker is Joel Scott. He's a all American transfer from Black Hill state. Kind of reminds me of David Roddy a little bit. I'm not going to say he's as good as Roddy, but he kind of has that same body and able to play it, you know, inside out. Um, so we'll see how he adjusts to, you know, playing in the mountain West. I think these, you know, these, I, I think these D2 All-Americans, um, for the most part, can really play in the Mountain West. I mean, you look at Cartier, you got Scott, you got, um, who was the, there was another guy that uh, a couple years ago that they had on Colorado State. He was a D2 All-American. And they, you know, seem to adjust pretty well. And I, so I, I think that Joel Scott, you know, could be a a good a good piece that they have. I'm just not sure that they can, they have the defense. It's funny. I like it. Our first disagreement. I like, I like this. I actually, I actually am pretty bullish on uh, Colorado state this year. I I'm pretty concerned about an Isaiah Stevens revenge tour. Like I just think, you know, with the injuries last year and the frustration that went into, he came, he was kind of, this pro prospect came back, they had all these injuries. So then he had to come back. I think Isaiah Stevens is going to be on a tear next year. I think them losing Tanjay to Missouri is is probably the biggest blow of the team. Uh, Getting Javante Johnson from New Mexico is an interesting thing for them. But, I mean, Nico Medved is probably my favorite coach of the Mountain West outside of of Leon Rice. Like, those two guys, I think, are the cream of the crop. I think I would take Nico Medved if I was a Power 5 school over, over Leon Rice. But he gets these guys, you know, he gets guys that fit a system that have chips on their shoulders. Like you said, he's really good at finding those diamonds in the rough from the D2 schools. And he's just going to have these guys playing, you know, playing fast, you know, at elevation is always a thing. It's my least favorite topic, but they're going to be, they're going to be the Denver nuggets of of the mountain West. They're going to get a ton of points. And if they can just get any kind of stops, they're going to get a lot of wins. Sean, what's your, what's your forecast on Colorado state? I, I kind of think 10 and eight, it's probably pretty accurate, honestly. I, I think uh, they should definitely be in the top six, I, I think. Um, and realistically, as high as four wouldn't surprise me. I don't think I would project it, but it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Isaiah Stevens is, is a dog, and you, you can never, you know, it, it takes a team to win, not just the one guy. But if you're going to have one guy, Isaiah Stevens would be pretty high up on that list of the one guy that you want. I think there's a legitimate argument that he is like the best, not overall point guard, but the best probably like offensive point guard or like pure point guard in like Mountain West history, honestly, like the whole 23 year history. I I think there's an argument that he's, he's the dude. Um, Patrick Cartier is there. You guys mentioned it's, it's basically just a matter to me of how much help can those two guys get between Stevens and Cartier? And you guys listed all the names. I'm not, I'm not going to repeat them, but if they can get one or two of those other guys to step up really on either end of the floor, I think this can be, this can be a dangerous team because Isaiah Stevens is one of those guys that if he's on your team, you have a puncher's chance of winning. I think a lot of respect. We'll say they, they didn't really, I mean, their, their non-conference is okay. Um, they have Boston college, Colorado, Washington, and then, um, adjunct Mountain West member St. Mary's. So, you know, four, four pretty good games, three in the, the power five. And I'm not sure, I'm just looking at Torvik here. So I don't see what the outcomes could be in their tournaments, but yeah. you know, they're going to need some, they're going to need some really good Mountain West wins to push any kind of at large bid because only kind of having, you know, those, 
is there a, is there a quad one win in those four? St. Mary's is actually probably the biggest opportunity for a quad one win out of those four. So they're definitely going to need to pick off some Mountain West Road games to get have any chance at an at large bid. Yeah, I, I I think you know with, with this team, I mean, what they were ranked eighth, right? They finished eighth last year. We played them in the first round. Yeah, I think. Yeah, in eighth. the Mountain West. Okay, so they finished eighth, and obviously they had some they had some injuries. And, you know, so that kind of set them back a little bit. But I, I just I look at the guys that they lost and the guys that they brought in. I don't really see where's the upgrade. Where are they going to get the additional wins? And that that's just me, you know, looking at it from, you know, a plus minus um, standpoint. Yeah. But that's that's just my only concern with them. I, yeah. But this this will be this would be good to see Austin down the road, you know, who's was more accurate with their prediction. That's why that's why I like it. You know, you know what's funny though? We're already into this with you know three teams. The Mountain West is just gonna beat the snot out of each other again, right? Yeah. Like the if Colorado State's the second highest or the third highest Torvik rated team because the Aztecs are obviously first and then I think Boise was second and Colorado State's right behind, but they're still projected at ten and eight. I mean that's just once again like the road schedule in this league is impossible and everybody's just gonna beat up on each other. And hopefully there's enough good non-conference games to then get another three or four teams into the tournament because it's just, again, in that middle, in that kind of second tier of two through six, it's going to be a bloodbath on any, on any given night. So I, I might even in, go farther down the list. I could see like, you know, through like eight or nine where it's kind of a bloodbath. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I mean, there, there's not, you know, we don't have any cupcakes really on the schedule. Um, for the Mountain West. It's the most stressful conference in the entire country from just like the top six or seven leagues because technically there's landmines out there, but all of those places are hard to win. Like every one of them. It's not like you're Illinois going to Northwestern. Like that is not this, you know, San Diego State going to Wyoming is a whole nother ballgame than Illinois going to Northwestern or, you know, Maryland going to Rutgers. That's a way easier task than anything that goes on in the Mountain West. Yeah, and the net doesn't take into consideration elevation, playing at elevation, or really like, like home travel court time, advantage. or you know, specific to yeah, specific to like the team. They they give you you know the the quad designation changes based on like home versus neutral versus away, but not all home court advantages are created the same, right? And it doesn't take that into account. So definitely, uh, definitely a thing to consider. Um, Really quickly, Austin, Colorado State's fourth in Torvik's projections. Oh, fourth. Um, so yeah. was it third, oh, New Mexico's third, third probably second. We've, we've looked at, right? It's, uh, but yeah, they're, they're fourth. Um, Fresno State. Fresno State and our old buddy Justin Hudson. Fresno State on Torvik projected to be 101st with an 8-10 and 10 record in the conference. Uh, I got to say, I... Before I kick it off to you guys, I think eight and ten might be a little high. Honestly, I'm not sure where they're getting eight wins exactly. I'm not super high on this team. Uh, Austin, I think I think I led with Fiend last time. So Austin, thoughts on Fresno? I I don't I I want to root for Justin Hudson. I just yeah. I don't see how it's going to happen this year. I think this is this could be the end of the road of the Justin Hudson era at Fresno State. I just. I just don't, it, it hasn't, 
there hasn't been any kind of improvement. I think they were a little bit better than we all kind of thought last year, but it just, you know, it just hasn't happened. They haven't had the premier guy that they've gotten to come there. I mean, Orlando Robinson's probably the best guy. And after he's left, there just hasn't really been a premier guy that I've seen there that can elevate that program. And I just, I don't love what I see from Fresno State. I think, I actually think they're going to low key be one of the, one of the bottom feeders of the Mountain West this year. Okay. Fiend, what, Fiend, uh, what yeah, are you thinking? I, I'm actually going to disagree with you on that. Um, I, I think they're going to be, yeah, I think they're going to be probably around seventh. I forget what I had them. I, I, I want to say like seventh or eighth. Yeah. Cause and here, here, here's the case that I will make for them. Um, they're going to be really tough inside. They were missing Orlando Robinson last year. That was pretty evident, you know, but they bring back Eduardo Andre, who I think is, is yep. a really good player inside. And they brought, they're He's bringing the in an Enoch Bocci, I think is how you pronounce it from Arizona state. He's another big body. You could see that, you know, them playing together. They're going to be very tough at the rim, uh, you know, to get points on them at the rim. And I like the transfers, the, the guard transfers they brought in. Xavier Ducell, that guy used to torch us when he was with Wyoming. He's a good shooter from the outside. He's maybe not the best athlete, but I think they're going to have better IQ players on that team at Fresno this year. I mean, I, I didn't really like Jordan Campbell. I mean, I'm kind of glad he decommitted from the Aztecs because he didn't turn out to be a, you know, I, I, I thought like a, a, you know, a great college ball player and he had some questionable shot making and same thing with like Jamal Baker. I mean, he's, you know, very athletic, but again, you know, be, could be kind of inefficient. So I kind of like some of the guys that they brought in. I think they're just going to play tough defense. Um, I guess the only question is that they don't really have a pure scorer on the team. And so they don't have a guy who can really get you a bucket. Um, at least that I'm seeing on the roster. So that would be the only question mark. But I do think that they're going to be very competitive and, and they're going to keep scores low and, uh, the, you know, they'll be competitive in games. Whenever they win, it's it's going to be winning ugly for sure. I have – so I listed out, you know, all the, the player impact plus minuses of all the players on the rosters. Um, last season – there were five incoming players. So 2022 slash 2023, right? Season was the one that just finished. There were five players that the season before that had had a player impact plus minus of five or greater, right? And three of them were on the Aztecs. It was Matt Bradley, it was Nathan Mensa, and it was Darian Trammell when he played at Seattle, right? This year in the whole conference, there's only three players total. And Edward and what? <laughs> Eduardo Andre is one of them, right? He's right at five. So he is absolutely a dog inside to, to your point fiend. It's it's when they win, it's definitely going to win ugly. If they need that shot maker, it's probably do sell, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to lose more games 48 to 52 than they're going to win 52 to 48 is, is kind of where I'm at. But that I like, I kind of agree with you on all the, all the middle stuff and then just the, the outcome I think we just differ on, which is which is okay. 
Are you ready for the scare in Fresno when we win like 51 to 45 and like it's like 30 to 30 with like eight minutes to go and we're just like, what is going on? And it's just going to be just like a, just nails on a chalkboard for two and a half hours. Hudson knows how to coach defense. Yeah. Always seems to be that way when we play them. He can make, it's like a division rival, right? When you just know somebody that well and like you just play the same style, it's, you know, it's just. You know they're based. They're just a division rival, and you just have you just have yep. to expect it. And I'm already mentally prepared for the five minute scoring drought that we have to start the second half. Moving on, Nevada, the Wolf Pack. Torvik has them projected 75th in the nation with a conference record of 10 and eight, which is probably right about where I would have them, right in that 10 and eight range. I don't know off the top of my head what they were last year. Fiend, what are your thoughts on the Wolfpack? Um, I think they're going to have great guard play. I mean, bringing back Keenan Blackshear and Jordan mm-hmm. Jared Lucas, um, you know, they're going to be really good. Uh, I like the fact that they got KJ Himes coming back from injury. Um, you know, losing Will Baker is a big loss. Um, yep, that's thirteen point six points per game. Now, he wasn't like the best like interior defender, but he was definitely like a stretch for, um, you know, could play at the center too. Uh, they're, uh, so I think the guards are going to be good. I think they will be good. they will be good shooters. They have a good nucleus coming back. I mean, Nick Davidson, uh, Trey Coleman, these guys are all, you know, solid, solid players. And then they bring in a couple of seven footers, uh, Jariah Coleman, seven one from mm-hmm. Clarendon Community College. It's actually the same college that Jay Powell went to before he <laughs> transferred, I think, to Jacksonville State, and then went to Campbell, and now with the Aztecs. Um, so you know, bringing in some size is good. Uh, this Tylen Pope, I don't know if you guys have seen him from Tulane, six six two twenty. Dude got nine rebounds a game, two point seven blocks per game. I mean, so I, I think that they're going to be better in the interior than they were last year. I mean, they 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 were, were uh, I, I think they got kind of exposed in the first round against Arizona State, mm-hmm. you know, with that. Um, but I, I think they're going to be a tougher team, definitely. I, man, that just sounded like Josh Davis 2.0. I like, lost my train of thought. You just said Tulane, nine rebounds a game, 6'6", six, six, smaller guy. That's that's hilarious. I'm surprised the Aztecs didn't go harder at him. Um, I, I think this whole Nevada team revolves around one guy of how good they're going to be, and that's Nick Davidson. You know, with Will, them losing Will Baker, I thought Davidson showed real promise for the Aztecs or for the Wolfpack last year, especially against the Aztecs, because you know Lucas and Blackshear are going to be there. You know, Steve Alford is who he is. Like, we know he can win games, but I think it really comes down to just how big of a leap Nick Davidson can make. And as a freshman, I mean, what do you average? Like 10 points a game as a freshman? I mean, that's pretty good. He was spelling. I mean, when Will Baker got into foul trouble, it was exactly what we wanted in that game. We're like, let's get Will Baker into foul trouble. Then, you know, we'll get that size out of there because the Aztecs always have trouble with size. And Nick Davidson came in and played really, really well that game. So if he can sustain consistency over the course of the year, I think that is really the biggest key for Nevada. I really like the uh, depth on this team. Steve Alford, in an interview recently, said that this is probably the deepest team he's ever had. I don't know if that was meant to be like 
deepest team at Nevada or in his entire coaching career. Um, let's just assume it was at Nevada. Does does that like when I look at this team on paper, I feel like that's probably true. Do you guys think that's an accurate statement? It's probably yeah, fair. Definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. The only the only minus they have on the roster column is losing Will Baker, and yeah. you know he was he had his moments, but he also he also disappeared on the road. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, are you are you pretty high on Nevada this year? Trone? I'm I'm pretty high on Nevada. I think um, that depth definitely helps. I think depth can be overrated at times because you can only play so many guys realistically, right? It, it, it doesn't help you to have 12 dudes who can play because you're not going to play 12 dudes over the course of a game. Um, but the depth helps. When I look at their roster, I don't see hardly any negatives on their roster in terms of like the stats that I had pulled from last year. So... I think they're they're going to be good. They look on on paper just in terms of of like the impact and stuff. They look kind of like the Aztecs did last year. Like they have eight or nine dudes who are above average players. Um, it's going to depend on on how they all how they all fit. I think that interior presence is going to help them a lot. Like Fiend said, right? That's that's they were they seem to be a very perimeter oriented team last year, which made sense when your biggest offense is Jared Lucas, but having the counterbalance to that, I think is going to make them more versatile. They're, they're looking good. I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't pick them to be champion of the conference quite yet, but yeah, they look solid. I think if they Just do really one more well point on Nick their... Davidson too, looking at his offensive rating for the last season, he had an offensive rating of 110.7, but in the bigger games, he played way better. So in the conference, he had an offensive rating of 118, Point one, and then in top fifty quality games, so the the best you know against the top fifty, he had a which they played eight games. He had an offensive rating of one hundred twenty three point seven. So he definitely shows up in big games, and if he just brings that consistency for the rest of the year, that's kind of that three third person and the three headed monster there to go with Blackshear and Lucas. And I just you know I, I he's he's the X he really is the X factor for me. Yeah, yeah, I like. Sorry, Phoenix, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's a, no, no worries. I. I, I like Nick Davidson too. I think he's a solid. I, I really like this team, guys. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I think they're going to make the NCAA again. Um, I, I picked them as an NCAA team. I think their non-con schedule's pretty decent. You know, they played Washington away, Drake on a neutral floor, Temple on a neutral floor, TCU. You know, our Georgia Tech are also in the Diamond Egg Classic. So, opportunity, some some opportunities in the non-con. You know, to get some quality wins and then to stack some wins and in conference play. So I, I, I think they will be, I have them in like the top four of the finish in the Mountain West. Last team for this part one of the show, the New Mexico Lobos, uh, ranked 53rd in Torvik. So they're the number two team that we, that we skipped over earlier. Uh, projected conference record is 11 and seven seems kind of low for a number two team. And, and I would expect them to win more than 11 games this year. I think it's, it's going to be a jump up from last year, but, but Jeff Grammer on his pod mentioned that last year they lost two games when Jalen house was injured. So if, if we assume health this year, there's a couple extra games and then they lost two games on buzzer beaters. Thank you, Lamont Butler. Um, so they were right there, right? They they could have very easily been 
12 and six last season instead of eight and 10 in conference. And if that happens, shoot, they might make the tournament too, or they might've replaced Nevada. Who knows? Um, I, I do. I'm, I'm going to throw it to you, Austin. I, I do want to point out, we all know house, right? Jalen house. We all know Jamal Mashburn. Um, the two guys that I'm most impressed with that I've seen them bring in, and they've brought in a lot of good guys, Nelly junior Joseph out of Iona. I think he's going to be the defensive backbone that they really missed last year. Um, I, I don't know how much of like a extra impact you'll have on like getting guys like house and Mashburn actually focused on that end. Um, but he will be that, that guy who cleans up all the messes and, and the rim protector. He looks really good. And I, I also kind of feel like his offense is being undersold a little bit. Um, the guy I've been even more impressed with, which is scary because I think he might be coming off the bench is Isaac Mushila, who, uh, I didn't realize this when I first looked at him, this dude is a beast. He's, he's six, five, um, his, his, but he averaged. I think it was like 10 rebounds a game last year. Maybe it was 9.9. It was right there. And when I first saw that, I was like, he's coming from, I don't even remember what conference it was, but you know, one of the lower conferences. And I was like, maybe that doesn't translate. And then he also played against Alabama in the tournament last year and was guarded by Brandon Miller. And he had 15 rebounds in that game. And seven of them were offensive. Um, in that, in that, essence, it reminds me a lot of Jamal Franklin, like a six, five guy who just expects every shot to, to miss. And he's going to go get that rebound. He's going to put it back. He's just a dog. Um, and having a guy like that who can come off the bench and he's also not a bad shooter either. Um, really impressed me on top of having house and Mashburn. So uh, that, I mean, I think they still do kind of have to prove it. They kind of fell apart a little bit last year. So they still have to prove it, but I the potential is as high as it's maybe ever been at New Mexico. Austin, what do you think? I think they're gonna fall flat on their face. There you go. I know that's there you go. I think that I think I know that's kind of counterculture, and they could definitely prove me wrong. Like Mashford yep. and House are unbelievable. We know that. The talent like, is right. can get a bucket. They they can. Here's my flaming hot take on Nelly Jr. Joseph. If he was really that good, his dad would Rick Pitino would have taken him to St. John's instead of shipping off shipping him off to his son in New Mexico. Sorry, that's just what you know. I mean, I'm sure he's a fine player, had a good career at Iona, but if he was really that big of an impact player, why didn't Rick Pitino take him to St. John's? I don't know. That's there. There's to me, there's something there. Um, again, he may be a fine player in the Mountain West, and this team, you know, there's obviously a lot of hype around them around how well they played at the beginning of the year before they kind of trailed off. I just think if there's going to be one team that just lets down, because not everybody can be as kind of good as the hype, I think it's going to be New Mexico that falls back. Yeah, I think. And, that's and I know, team. I know, I'm in the minority here. I I know I'm in the minority, and you know, if, if uh, any New Mexico fans listen to this, I'm sure I'm going to hear it from them. But uh, <laughs> I I just you know, I mean, they have a great home court, so they're going to win games at home. You know, they're definitely going to show up for oh. us. I just. The way that they had the eye, they had it in the grasp of their hands to have this great season, and it just fell apart. I think that's more of who they are than than the team at the beginning of the season. It's it's potential culture issues for sure, like just in the locker room in general. Fiend, what what are you feeling on New Mexico? Um, can we can we talk a little bit about their non con schedule for a second? 
they play St. Mary's away. And then the only two notable teams on the non-con schedule are Drake and Nevada. How does a team like New Mexico schedule that bad in their non-con? That it's about like it's, it's the same totally it's the same strategy they did last year. They're going to be like fifteen and zero, but they're playing nobodies. I mean, St. Mary's is. I would probably take St. Mary's over New Mexico, but like, you know, Toledo, UT Arlington, Pepperdine, you know, UC Santa Barbara. Like, that's you know they're going to be like they're they're trying to rig the net with a bunch of like mid one hundred level wins, so that way when they do hit the conference season, they're. They're they're just trying to game they're trying to game the net a little bit there and I just don't think it's going to set them up for success. I mean, it didn't really prepare them well for last year's last season yeah. though, because then they they dropped a bunch of games and some of that was due to you know uh, House being injured, um, so he was out for I think a couple of games. But still, I mean, I w- they only won like what two or three games like since I want to say February. Um, to end the season, I mean, it wasn't wasn't many wins that they had. You know, they they they, they ended on a pretty bad losing streak. But um, I, I think they're going to be. I, I'm pretty high on on New Mexico. Uh, the reason, so I, I I don't really agree with you with with no, I don't agree with you actually at all. Sorry, with the <laughs> Nelly Junior <laughs> Joseph. Um, let me let me explain why. I think he slots where Udeze was, where more more uh, mm-hmm. Morris Udeze was they went head to head in the game. I don't know if you guys remember, but New Mexico and Iona played and Nelly Jr. Joseph went off. I mean, Iona lost the game, but he had a very good game. And I like to look at those comps to see how is a guy play against, you know, the team that he's going to. I mean, can he play um on that level? I and mean, he he pretty much dominated. I think he is and he does he's no slouch. Be, no. I, I'm not saying he can't player. be a good player. I'm just saying it's a red flag. It's a little bit like, hey, you're, he just you I, know shipped it. You know, he could have win. Like if he's really I, that good, I'm not I saying he's. Not, I'm all... sure he's a fine player, and everybody's fired up about him. Yeah, like everybody's talking about him. But that's just one thing that that really stuck out to me where I where I saw where, where he transferred from. I, I think yeah, there are could, could other possible reasons that that transfer could happen that that would make sense. But also, like, if we look back on the season and New Mexico flops again, like, we're going to be like, Austin called it. Austin knew the whole time, he, you know. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I or or Jalen House is going to average 20 points a year and I'm going to look stupid. But, you know, it, it goes either way, right? No one, no one goes back nine months from now to look back at these. So we're good. I'm not worried about it. There you go. Yeah. I, Sean, I agree with you on that Isaac Mishili. You know who he really reminds me of is Agueca Rowe. He's just, like, kind of yep, an undersized, you know, forward center can get rebounds kind of that swiss army knife i I think he's gonna he'll he'll probably slot where um alec was um and so i think i I think they they, they've got some really good pieces and i I like this mustafa amzil 610 knockdown shooter from the outside from dayton and then jamal baker i mean if he's healthy if he can stay healthy that gives them another piece to work with um they, you know, they got depth, they got experience, they can play, you know, they got good guards, good interior, um, pretty high on New Mexico. I think they'll be good. I think it's just, are they going to be able to get enough wins in conference to be able to make the NCAA tournament based on their poor non-con scheduling? I mean, the one thing for the NCAA tournament for them, 
is always just Jalen House get hot in the Mountain West tournament because that is always there for them. Them him and Mashburn, right? Do they just take over a couple games in the Mountain West tournament and that's how they get in? That's how they get in. Fiend eleven and seven is the projection at Torvik. What do you think? Too low, too high? I think let's see, eleven and seven, and they go undefeated or maybe one loss in non-con play that's eight losses sure not yeah a good I'm, I'm not even schedule. worried about like turn i don't just, think... just do you think they win 11 games in conference i think it's possible i mean i i think that's about right yeah right at 11 7 okay sure the pit is just such a home court i mean they should go nine at least nine and two you would think at home during during the conference season just with the pit but that is a great you know, environment. Fifteen thousand people there. Have you so have you been before? Fiend? Yeah, it's eighteen games though, right? So it would be like eight. Oh, is it? I thought it was twenty-two. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, Still, not in eight one. That means you need three road wins or whatever. All right. Is there anybody yeah, else that we're that we're covering here, Tron, on the on the first half? That that does it for the first half. So thank you all for listening. We're gonna throw it over to. Sons of Money for the second half of the pot here. Go Aztecs. See you guys on the flip side. On the floor, it's Butler with two seconds. He's got to put it up. And he wins it. He wins it with the jumper. Now we have tasted it, we're coming back. We're coming back.